Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and here's the esteemed Mr. John Morris with our sponsors. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. This episode of Working Class Fishing is brought to you by 317 Flies, Angry Rooster Fly Company, Lit Rig, Max and Outfitters, and Morris Flyco. All right. Thanks, John. And Tonight's special guest that we have is from my neck of the woods. He actually lives, uh, I, I like to say, uh, Dave, you live upriver from me because that's pretty much where you live. You live upriver. Up river. Yeah. Um, we have Dave Ang. And uh, for the folks here in the Pacific Northwest, you should recognize that name because he is the owner of Fishing Products. And um, most of us all own some of Dave's leaderboards. And so I have mine right here. Well, one of many. This one's loaded up with mooching rigs. Uh, I, I took it out offshore doing some bottom fishing last week uh, when we had a cooperative ocean, but I, I use them for steelhead leaders, steelhead jigs, uh, steelhead worms on jig heads, everything else. Uh, but Dave also has a whole bunch of other products for boats and things like that. But to start off, Dave, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast tonight. Hey, love to. Thanks for having us. You know, we we're hopefully can help a few people out with a few issues or working with whether it's you know tackle management or boat storage yeah and and your boat storage stuff is just it's incredible you know, you've done a really good job of showcasing and marketing that out there um and and your products are very unique in the way that they they work and function and everything else in addition to that you're also a guide uh and so you guide uh now you guide spring chinook but you also guide sturgeon and, and you and I kind of talked a little bit about steelhead, not something that you're doing a whole bunch of uh, these days, but I'm sure if the opportunity arose, you would, but your products, this is something that's really unique because uh, when I start thinking about like the leaderboards and the jig boards going way, way back, I think about when grandpa was using uh, old chunk of cork and, and he'd taken and he'd put his uh, drift fishing rigs tied around the chunk of cork, but Where'd you get started at with these products? Because they're they're super innovative and super available, and you have all kinds of cool tips to go along with them. How, how did all that get started? About, oh, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, had a friend that was the buyer for uh, uh, Fisherman's Marine, one of the bigger West Coast tackle stores, and and he had a product similar years ago that they just vanished, went out of business, couldn't track them down, and... Uh, so he described it to me and uh, I actually had, you know, used uh, used Warner in the past and kind of forgot about it. And so having had a background in the packaging world before, I mean, we're going back 30, 30 years now um, it, with die cutting. So we we started making the, you know, the foam board just, you know, with with slots on it and uh, just kind of sanitized the the whole wrapping line around cardboard you know when, when we were kids we used to you know have a chunk of cardboard with you know our leaders tied on it and wrote 15 pound test on it or whatever so we remembered what it was 
And uh, that's kind of how it all got started. And then making it fit into a Plano box. I don't know if you can see that very well, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, that's the medium size that I'm holding. We make one smaller and then we make a larger one that the, this one, the, the large one we call the 06, the JLB 06, Jig Leaderboard Dash 06. That is probably the one that really accelerated us to, uh, you know, we were doing pretty well with these, uh, the smaller sizes, but then the, the larger ones just really, really sanitized how a guy could store super baits, spin fish, 3.5 spinners. Um, you know, they just kind of went from there. But the, I think the big key is, is being able to put it underneath a seat box, you know, and have it, you know, stored. And I go from spring salmon season to uh, fall salmon and the tackle's a little bit different, similar, or winter steelhead. You know, I just take these things out and throw them in the, uh, the garage. You know, you can see they're all got little marks on them. This one says 3.5 and you know, so it, it just the storage of it and putting it underneath the seat box and not having stuff just jumbled up. And, you know, it started out the wife and I um, would be in the living room with uh, trying to develop carpal tunnel syndrome and <laughs> think, oh, great, we got an order for 100 pieces, you know, and we'd be stapling header cards on top of bags. And, oh, boy, you know, it obviously has grown significantly since then. And, you know, it's been very very humbling to literally start in a garage i mean not that we're very far out of the garage but you know when you see your products you know on a tv show coming out of michigan yeah or you know you go out in the columbia river and you know just you see somebody pull out a leaderboard and pull it off and you know it, it's literally pretty humbling to uh to have to have been part of that well, I think it speaks volumes because you, you have a lot of years in our local fishing community here as a guide, but you know, the, the, the simplicity of the innovation, that's the thing that makes it so cool is that you were talking about tie-in leaders on cardboard basically. And, and that's just what we got by with as kids, but these, you know, you're not talking about some big high dollar product that I, you know, down at Fisherman's, these are, you know, seven ninety nine, eight bucks. Yeah. And, and the, the headache they save you is incredible because it, it, you know, yeah. Mooching rigs, super baits, 3.5 spinners, you start rigging up four to five foot leaders and you got line going everywhere. And if you got, you know, 40 pound test, 30, 25, you know, depending on what you're fishing, uh, that stuff has a heck of a memory on it. If you're fishing mono and it just turns into a big balled up mess. So the, the simplicity of this is incredible, but this is something that, that, uh, when, when you were prototyping it, were you like looking for different types of foams and stuff like that for that? We did. We ran through several different kinds of foams, different densities. This is kind of a high density soft foam that, and it's a closed cell. So by that, I mean, it doesn't absorb water inside the, uh, inside the foam itself. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's not waterproof, so to speak, but like a like a pool noodle a lot of people use those and stuff but those will absorb water so if you throw it underneath a seat or something and a month later you pull it out your hook has a good possibility of not having a tip on it anymore because it rusted off yeah and that you know but like anything you know you've got to somewhat take care of your tackle and management i mean i don't leave these in the side trays and run around salt water 
you know, yeah. I mean, I do, but you know, at the end of the day, I shake it off and then throw it underneath the seat. So it's not just sitting there, but the water doesn't suck into it like a sponge. Yeah. That, that's so what we, I noticed. Came, you know, we came up with one that was rigid enough to kind of have some body to it. Obviously it gets softer when it gets, you know, some heat on it and some sunshine, but it still holds its rigidity just fine. Um, you mentioned simple and that's kind of our mantra over here is, you know, we, we try to steer from coming up with gadgets and, you know, stuff that's, you know, just too, too gadgety, I guess, you know, it's the, it just stuff that just works. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely. And, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, it, when, when you start looking at a lot of, of uh, fishing gear uh, and, uh, you know, you look at fly or conventional, and you start seeing all the different things that people are coming up with, like they have not tying assist tools and things like that. And, and for the people that like to use that more power to them, but some of these things are just like they're, they're way over the top and, and they become more clunky in a lot of different ways. But for some people that are inexperienced, they're not, but you know, your boat products reflect that too. They're, they're beautiful in their design and they're highly functional in their design too. Uh, but, but the simplicity of how, you know, like your rod holders and extensions work in a sled, I, I, it's just incredible. Um, the leaderboards though, I mean, that's like, that's the start of your business. When you got going with these, I, I mean, we're, you know, since you're a guide, were you out guiding and kind of marketing these to clients and other folks on the river when you got started or, you know, out, outside of the per buyer? So the, the guiding thing really got going about six years ago. Um, prior to that, and I still sell advertising for Salmon and Steelhead Journal magazine. So I'm still over with, with these guys here, very, very high-end classy uh, magazine. Yeah. And, uh, but I was with uh, another magazine for 19 years and I did the new products over there. And so and and sold advertising so throughout that i was never able to take money for guiding and i never did so i finally got my license about six eight six seven years ago so that you know when when i took you and your family you know just as friends or whatever somebody i knew through the magazine and then you call me up and say hey dave we had a great time with you my uncle's coming to town can you uh, can you take a salmon fishing next weekend we'd like to hire you well i'd have to steer you to a friend um, because I wasn't a licensed guide. So that kind of drove, drove me behind that. But the years that I've spent, you know, selling advertising, you know, I've made contacts with, you know, most of the tackle stores up and down the coast from Alaska down, you know, so I have, you know, a pretty good Rolodex of how to, you know, market stuff and, and get it in front of people. So that was a huge jump start, And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, the guys down at Fisherman's, I, you know, can't speak highly enough of, you know, how they've, you know, um, you know, embraced everything I've come out with and, you know, and, and thank God it sells for them because, you know, they're, you know, a, 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 the product has to work. It has to be a good product, but, you know, they're not going to just, you know, carry it just because you're buddies, you know. Right. Um, but that, the, you know, the leaderboards, you know, um, we handed out an awful lot of them to get people using them. And once they used them, you know, it was like, wow, this, this makes sense. You know, I can store 20 super baits on a, on a thing and throw it underneath a seat 
and they're not all jumbled up. They're not, you know, the hooks are good. They just change out what color they want. They're, they're good to go. They can go from a rotten banana to a, you know, or whatever. Hey, I'm going from spin fish to this or that. And so it's just, you know, simple stuff that actually works. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we started with the leaderboards. Yeah, and uh, John, cut me off if you want to jump in, if you got questions for Dave. Because uh, no. I'll, I'll have like 20 million, of course. Well, that, that's fine. I, I just had a comment, you know, uh, being able to make a product that's useful for every angler is a very special thing. It, you don't have to be someone that's been fishing for 30 years to use one of your leaderboards. You can literally be brand new to the sport and it's going to help you out. It, there's, there's no, uh, there's no learning curve to it. It's just instantly assisting you in your fishing adventures. So I, I just, I want to commend you on just really bringing that product back into our hands. Yeah. It, you know, and you mentioned something there with, uh, you know, to any angler and th that, you know, was, was something that's really helped us because whether you're a walleye guy putting worm harnesses on or a fly guy, you're sitting there tying flies you know, or a jig steelhead fisherman, they all these, they, they all work in our boards. So we didn't just come out with something that was just universal to a steelhead fisherman. And then, you know, it sits on the shelf the other 11 months of the year. Um, you know, you can, it works for good, you know, jillions of, you know, types of fishing and fishermen. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and like for John, John's a streamer guy predominantly. He's a predator uh, fly angler and he fishes streamers and these boards. So the, the one that you had the super baits on for, for people that don't know what a pack bait size is for a salmon. We have folks that listen and watch this that, that don't, they're not familiar with their fishery. They're, what, what would you say, Dave, four, four inches long or so? On the width of these? Uh, on the length on the length of the of that super bait oh yeah the super bait i, I believe is like well a spin fish measures and you know 3.5 yeah. you know 4.0 you know 5.0 so anywhere up to five inches you know from and they got the little minis the you know kokanee cut plugs or but yeah the case well, I can tell you exactly how it is. I just happen to have a tape measure here on my desk. <laughs> yeah. So, so just, just so people have an understanding of the scale, I I'll get you some of these, John, because I think like, if you got the plano and you put your jigs on or, you know, your streamers on those, especially your big articulated ones, I think yeah. you'd like that, you know, cause I know you already have the fly boxes, but you know, that would make a difference. What, what was that length on those? Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's totally useful for, I mean, even for like, you know, I, honestly, I was thinking about like uh, bead rigs and stuff like that, like completely usable for uh, literally every angler. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They're useful. So, you know, we're heading into steelhead season right now. And and, you know, the the bead rig guys are, you know, wrapping their beads on them because they're running a tandem set of hooks with a bead in between most of the time mm -hmm. or and then, you know, running up to a tandem outfit. So you can just stagger, you know, huge numbers of uh, beads on these and, you know, like your big articulated streamers and stuff, they'll lay flat. You know, they're not all crunched up in a box, especially when you're, uh, 
storing them for a few months before you get back out on the water. Yeah. And and that makes a big difference with that is because, you know, you look at the, the materials that you're tying those out of, even with the, the steelhead jigs, you know, the marabou, whether it's strung marabou or if it's rabbit zonker, or, you know, even twitching jigs for that matter. Uh, you know, you see these guys, they throw a plano together and it's just stacked up full of twitching jigs. They pull it out and it looks like, you know, one of those clowns pulling hankies out of their pocket on the river. And there's freaking twitching jigs everywhere. Well, you take one of your leaderboards and you put those on there. Well, you don't have that mess anymore. Plus you preserve the zonker strip, which is really what is helping to entice that bite and it produce, you know, uh, the hackle and the marabou around that jig. So, um, you know, we, we all were raised with the, the phrase time is money. And that's the same thing with, you know, you're out there on the water for a limited amount of time every day. And the more time that you're in the water and the less time you're monkeying with gear. So if, you know, you call your buddy over there and he's cranking them on a clown colored spinner or whatever, you know, you just grab your box and look in there and go, oh, one of those and undo it and go. And you don't, you're not fighting it and this and that. So you know exactly what you got when you got it and it's ready to go. Yeah. You're like right there, ready to go. You can get right into action. And as a guide, you know, sometimes the water conditions, you're like bouncing around Astoria out there. You, you, you got minimal time to, you know, you, you got a bite on, on a tide. So you got to have gear in the water. You know, you might have a 10 minute window. It's going crazy or that first light bite in the morning and all of a sudden your stuff's not working, you got to get stuff in the water that is working. And, you know, this should just help you stay more organized. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, uh, you know, that, that, that part of it is, is huge. And you have a lot more things that have to do with organization. When did you go from the leaderboard to the boat accessories? That was about four or five years ago. There was a guy that he uh, has left him and I were partners for a bunch of years. And he, he made a tall extension, um, which was basically this guy here, but, you know, 15, 16 inches tall, just so he could get his rods out the transom taller. And uh, so somehow we hooked up and, uh, and he started, uh, he had a machine shop at the time and he, uh, he machined the parts for me and him and I, uh, sat down and figured out, you know, besides the tall one, you know, we wanted, you know, everybody's got all these angled, you know, trying to get rods out of their side of their car or, you know, out of the boat and get the butt handle out of your chest and that sort of stuff. So, you know, we just came up with different, uh, a basic generic set of, you know, okay, we want short ones. Not everybody's going to want a tall one. So we came up with, you know, I think there's five or six different sizes, but back to keeping it simple and keeping stuff that worked, we didn't want to just, Hey, we're not millionaires and this stuff is expensive to make. So, you know, we came up with six sizes that, that work, allow you to open rod lockers, the bends, um, the bend on all of our products is up high enough so that if you have a rod locker door, it'll hinge past it so that you don't have to remove the thing or slide it out of the way. Um, and we made them in both plain aluminum and, and uh, black anodized. But, you know, you can see all of them come up about yay far. And that allows enough 
for the majority. I haven't ran into a lot rod locker box yet with our new bins as of about three years ago that they don't clear. Okay. And, you know, you can see that one's got a, this is brand new. This one hasn't even been put out yet. This is our new 12 inch that we just came out with, mm -hmm. but it, you know, it, it moves your, so your reel is going to be sitting about right here. Mm -hmm. So in, in the past, your reels here, that means your rod butt is clear back here. So if this was sitting on the side of the boat, you know, I got a rod butt right here in my chest in the old days. Mm -hmm. Now I've moved that rod butt and it's just, it's just more comfortable as well as it keeps the spread. You know, <clears throat> typically you want to start your, you know, your troll with your widest rods out in the front and then go a narrower and narrower as they go to the back. So that when you turn the boat or whatever, you're also covering, you know, six feet on this side of the boat, six feet on this side. So you got stuff going through basically 12 12 feet of different um, areas in the water, you know, yeah. and the depths are usually staggered, you know, shorter in the front, tall, longer in the middle, way long in the back with a little bit lighter lead. But when you start hanging a, uh, you know, a two to $600 rod and reel off of a extension, you want something that's not going to snap on you. Yeah. And when you watch a, you know, a schnook, you, when you're trolling, you know, it'll just flat plaster it. Yeah. You know, these don't give. I've had, uh, I've had zero failure rate with them when used correctly. I did have a guy fold up an eight inch up in Alaska, leaving it in the rod holder with halibut. And I'm like, well, that's not what it's designed for. I mean, it's yeah. not for putting a winch on the front of my car, <laughs> not, you know, and he, and he chuckled about it because he sent me a picture with it. Uh, at said, least he you, understood. You, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can you warranty this? I said, <laughs> you know, just because you know, the way you told me I did. So, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's the, the yeah, there, there's limits to everything. A barn door grabbing a circle hook and running off with the drag set tight and then having it folded up. Uh, yeah, there, there's going to be a difference between that and, the, you know, a 25-pound fall Chinook coming up and slamming your gear, you know, while you're doing two miles an hour and you got current going this way and you're going upriver, you know, you're you're uphill trolling and you got mm -hmm. all that force. But um that says a lot about the the product, though. I mean that it that it took. I I don't know how big his halibut was that did that. It had to be a big halibut because yeah. the, the aluminum is pretty tough. It's three eighths machined plate aluminum. <laughs> you know, it's it's thick. It's yeah. Not, I mean, I can use it for a foot stand to get in and out of my boat. You know. So John welds on aluminum trailers. I do. I'm an aluminum welder. Uh, and uh so he he's got a pretty good um idea of the strength of that that piece of material because i i mean what do you you're welding on quarter inch at the thickest john uh no i mean our, our thickest probably gets up close to half an inch oh wow okay so it's heavier than i even thought it was yeah that's that's our biggest pieces though yeah i mean i i'm just trying to think of the size of the fish that folded that up they yeah. have to be well when you you know running electric literally running electric you know reels on top of 
you know that and you're just hitting their button you know there's no give yeah well that rod's just buried in the in the water off the side and that thing when it shakes you know it's just down on it we we you know we fish a lot of sturgeon here and we get you know eight nine footers you know reasonably often over in the willamette and Mm -hmm. you know once in a while they'll pick it up and just slam it but uh you know i've never bent one so (laughs) big difference between a electric reel and a and a conventional reel too but uh um, you know we also fight them holding the rod not just (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh wow um and then and then so you went to that rod extension. What was next after that? Um, various. So probably the the rod station. And again, this was, uh, you know, the other guy's product. And I, I don't know if you can see that quite. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you've got a place here. It comes with a Tupperware uh, little glad bowl here or the top can. Um, the, the J hook on your rod, this slams in there. So this is mounted on your gunnel and you, you got a place to put your rod. So when you're traveling across like Astoria in the morning, you know, I got all my, my boats, you know, my people ready to go when they jump in the boat, your flasher will slide right behind here. You want to hold Just that up a little higher, Dave. Screws. Can, can you hold that up a little higher, please? There oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. So the these two screws here loosen up a little bit okay this this is on a slide so you can slide this out a tiny bit and then your flasher and i'll pull some pictures up on my phone and show you but the flasher will just slide in behind there and this will take up to a 20 ounce sinker oh wow okay so your rods here your sinkers here your flashers here and you know i do a lot of bait fishing too a lot of hover fishing and stuff and with that little you know glad bowl um it saves the cleanup on my boat huge. Oh yeah. Well, you get that juice going everywhere, especially if you're hover fishing. I, I mean, yeah. you're, you're hovering eggs and that's, uh, that's just the, the thing with it. But look at that. That just drops right in there in that rod station. So that's the rod stations fits right behind your extension. Mm-hmm. So you've got everything right in one spot, um, sticks out the minimal into the boat. You know, we didn't want to build these things, you know, with, a, you know, a bunch of variations to it. We wanted to keep it kind of typed up to the edge of the boat and keep the boat a boat. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep all that interior space inside the gunnels for for the the, the people inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way that that sets up is just slick. I mean, at the end of the day, you just, you know, instead of having to screw around with, you know, unscrewing or unlocking, you just unscrew that, pop it out store it and it's done yeah. it's clean so it, you know it, it, they come you know right and left hand because you know this has got to be on the other side for the other side of the boat mm-hmm. so it uh it works out pretty well that way um you know everything's built with stainless and aluminum and you know uhmw or seaboard and so it's all pretty much bomb proof as far as you know longevity yeah i mean that's that's just super cool uh and and having the lead management too as you know you get lead flying around in a boat that can be uh (laughs) that can be a trip to er in a hurry yeah so when i get done at the end of the day i literally unclip the lead you know 
especially at the mortgage, you know, I'm just sitting there and I just pop them in there. But even I, I took tow back and forth to Bonneville every day or down, you know, with, you know, 12 to 16 ounces in there. Once in a while, I'll hit the railroad tracks wrong and it'll bounce out, but it's inside the boat. So I'm going to find it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, I've loosened the line up on your rods when you're traveling across the bay. You got your rod kicked right there, and I look mm-hmm. over, and and uh, the guy's rod's arch, so it looks like a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns into a bow and arrow. So when you hit a bump, <laughs> comes yeah. down, the that rod's loaded up. It pulls that sinker out. Well, when it pulls the sinker out, it grabs the flasher next. And I'm only speaking from experience, watching a flasher go by my head. Yeah. And then I had a three piece rod, and it was only supposed to be two. Oh, because I mean, it snapped the rod and it was just, you know, it was stupidity on our part that, you know, the guy had not pulled the tension off the line when he set the sinker down and it acted just like a bow and arrow when we hit that first big wave. Boom. But (laughs) I know what you're talking about because I've watched things fly around a boat, especially crossing a bar. You you, you just, you're, you have every good intention and all of a sudden something comes out of, you know, crossing buoy 10, going out in the ocean something comes out of nowhere it's a big bar and and it just boom and everything's flying everywhere you're like where did that come from oh it's the columbia and the pacific meeting um i mean it's a big area but man uh those products though they're again simple straightforward easy for the the person to use obviously those are more of the you know the sled oriented they can be used on on a, a windshield boat as well in the correct configuration. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and if you got rails, you know we have these. A lot of our stuff has been done, finished. Just haven't had the time to get it on the website. So if you see something, give us a call because you know, like this this rail mount, I just sold a guy with the North River that wants to put extensions up on his bow. He's got the you know little little stainless up there in the front. Well, we make you know, a, a rail adapter that isn't on the website yet, but, you know, we've made it and, um, you know, got a few other things out there that hopefully by the first week or so of January, we'll have the website with new photos and updated and all that stuff. But, you know, you're looking at a true mom and pop shops that wears multiple hats. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, outside of the products and everything else, um, and, and what, what you've showcased so far, as far as products are, um, the fishing part of it, uh, I always, and John usually asks this and, uh, I'll just jump in here and we can go from there. Where, when did you get started fishing? I, I gotta know. Well, when I, I've always been a little fish junkie, you know, when I was a little kid, I just couldn't, couldn't go enough. And, I grew up in West Lynn and, you know, when I was eight, nine years old, we were able to ride our bicycles down to the local creeks and stuff. And then uh, if anybody's ever fished West Lynn, they remember the old catwalk down, um, which is now the Fish and Wildlife has a big concrete dock there, but the fishing isn't as good as it used to be. There used to be 75 guys lined up on that, on that old catwalk every morning casting blades and I, I kind of grew up there and I was probably nine years old or so. And I caught my first Chinook there in front of uh, the concrete block. The neighbors had a dory boat and they took me out. And I think we were in the fourth grade 
and took me out for my birthday and I wheeled that chrome I, I got a picture downstairs I'll grab um I wheeled that Chinook around in a wheelbarrow for about a week showing all the neighbors my fish <laughs> and uh, that 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 started it all and uh you know my dad wasn't much of a fisherman but you know he would uh you know cart me down to the river you know when he had time and you know um just I couldn't you know get enough of it growing up and and then, you know, like I said, we had the opportunity and we were kids, you know, whether it was little tiny cricks or casting spinners off the, the rocks to catch a Chinook in Oregon City, West Lynn. Um, and a lot of my friends' dads were, you know, big time fishermen and stuff. So, you know, my dad grew up in the Midwest. So, you know, he knew a little bit about walleye, but his salmon knowledge was not there. But I, I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine what that was like. I I, I honestly can't. I, I I was probably nine or 10 when I got my first Springer and it was on the channel plunking. Uh, and, and some friends of uh, my parents, they were like, hey, we're going to take you out salmon fishing. I was like, cool. I, I've always wanted to catch a salmon. Like I spent all this time uh, trying to catch a salmon on the Clackamas. And this is back, you know, early 90s, right? And uh I, I'd try and try and try and try it. I, and I didn't know what I was doing. I, and I, I was trying to drift fish. And I probably had way too much lead, way too big of a hook. Didn't have it tied right. You know, all the stuff a kid does, nobody to really show you. And then they took me out and they sat us up and I saw spinning lows. And I was like, wow, okay, that's what that, that works for. I remember my dad plunking with him down at Meldrum, but I didn't really know what was going on. And these guys, they start plunking in between the dolphins up there. And bang, bells going off, everything else. And here, go grab that fish. And that was yeah. it. And being with somebody that's, you know, somewhat knowledgeable um, for being around and not, I'm not trying to sell guide trips or anything, but growing back, you know, 40 years, if I could have started over, I would have saved my money or had, you know, begged my dad for a birthday present instead of more tackle buy a guided fishing trip so that you learn what you're doing. Like you said, you just said, you know, spin glows and hooks. I remember trying to use like a keen eye size spin glow because I didn't know any better. You know, I was, these guys were fishing spin glows. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, 10 years old, the bigger, the better, you know? Mm -hmm. So I got a keen eye that'll float a, you know, four pound glob of eggs and, you know, spent lots and lots of hours wasted, not fishing effectively and you know so you know my suggestion to, to a lot of people is is look you don't have to hire me by any stretch but hire somebody that's willing to share that share a little bit and teach you about fishing instead of you know there's there's guys that are going to clam up on you and you know think they're selling you the secrets to put somebody on mars but you know you, there's a lot of good guys out there a lot of good guides that are willing to you know, they're in the business to put smiles on faces and that's hopefully what they do, whether it's in their boat or somebody else's boat. You know, the day that you can help me and maybe I'm struggling, you know, I sent, you know, some guy home with a smile because you, you know, said, Hey, they're, they're smashing red and white blades today, you know, and now I'm over there, you know, running a, a, a spinner, you know, a, a spin fish or something. And they've been all blades all day. So, you know, if we can help each other and, you know, send somebody home with a smile, that's what it's all about. That's a hundred percent. Dave, you, you nailed that. And there's just, 
I mean, that, that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. I, and guides, I think, make connections a lot faster. You find out real quick, you know, who you think is a, a good, good guy or gal than who's not. And you're, and you share with, with the people that are willing to share with you. And it, that, that helps out so much, man. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had a kid last, last year or the year before I was just in the perfect position to get a, a phenomenal shot. He had a double and, um, and I took a, just a couple of great shots and all of our cell phones these days are, you know, magazine quality photos. And so the next time I went by him, I said, Hey, sh what's your number? I'll send you these pictures. And he asked me why I did that. And I said, I don't know, maybe that was your grandpa's last trip or that kid was his first salmon. And, uh, you know, I would appreciate, you know, if somebody was in a good position to get one for me and my clients that they would do that. I mean, it didn't cost me anything. It wasn't like I, you know, pulled my boat out of the water and went and got a camera. You know, I was just yeah. in the right place. And, you know, I, I could almost literally see the light bulb go on in his head like, oh, yeah, that's it. That, that was great. Thank you. But, you know, it doesn't cost anything to yeah. be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, there's, there's a lot of guys that are more than happy to, to share what they're doing or tell you their leader lengths or, you know, um, that what, you know, in, in your business, the fly world, you know, there's a lot of good guys that'll share what they're doing as well. You mean you're not going to catch the last fish? I'm not going to catch the last one. If we, no. you know. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a really important thing, and I think it it's a really important thing to come from somebody like yourself to to express that, and that and it's universal across fishing. Is you know we have all this great knowledge of our local fisheries, and and it's really good to share it because the you know at a certain point, yeah, you can hit critical mass with the amount of people out fishing, but let's be honest with it. Not everybody has the patience to, to fish for the same fish that we fish for. Not everybody has the patience to fish for, um, long nose gar, like what John does, especially on the fly. They'd rather go, you know, the easy way to do that is to put on a big float and throw a, a chunk of uh, cut bait out there and, and wait for the fish to eat it. But John goes after him on the fly and he's figured out how to get him on the fly. And he shares that with a lot of people. And he's like, hey, you know what? If you want to go have a real ride on a fly rod, come catch one of these 50 to 60 inch, you know, prehistoric fish for yourself, you know, talking about, you know, fishing the Willamette or the Columbia, you know, we, we start talking about that. Those fish, those fisheries can be very finicky, especially with salmon. Because, you know, once they hit freshwater, all bets are off, you know, saltwater. Yeah, they're, they're voracious, but freshwater, the game changes a lot. And exactly. so if you're, if you're, if you're in the hog line out there and, and you're banging them on, you know, K-14s or K-16s, that's great if you're anchor fishing, but if you're getting them on a 3.5, like a Mexican hat blade or a red and white, or a, you know, a pink dot or something, you know, say, Hey, I, this is what I'm getting them on. Don't, don't say, well, I'm, I'm going to hog all these fish up. Because even if you're just hooking all high fin fish, it's still fish that, that you can go out and have fun with, you know, and, but I think one of the biggest things is, is that I don't think that there's any ever any waste of a trip like you hear people say, well, I don't want to waste my gas money to go out and try to fish for steelhead. 
Uh, steelhead are pretty darn elusive you know they're it's it, that's that's what makes them fun that's like musky they're they are the fish are there are fish at ten thousand casts yeah you'll you'll get on them one day and they'll be you know right there they could be in your backyard right now dave i mean uh, not, not that there's a lot but they could be right in your backyard um or they could be you know hanging out down around the corner or who knows they, you know uh and sometimes it's like that and some days you know everybody's like man it's a red hot bead bite well, you know, the next day they're hitting worms or jigs, or they only want to eat sand shrimp. But if you share that information, at least it gives a person a little bit of hope to be able to hook up. Yeah. I mean, especially sharing techniques and, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, I'm not going to call people up and say, you know, run up to my house and go up an eighth of a mile, you know, walk up my neighbor's bank and stand <laughs> on the white rock. But yeah. you know, Hey, if we're getting them on, you know, white, white jig heads with pink worms or, you know, a nightmare jig or, you know, something, you know, if somebody asks, I'm going to tell them, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, you know, I, I, I don't try to get on the internet and, you know, blab it, but, you know, we're all in the business to, you know, promote our businesses and stuff. But I think there's a fine line of, you know, I grew up with uh, kind of the old school mentality, just kind of keep your mouth shut and, you know, don't, uh, I mean, we even painted our nets black back in the day up at the falls. Cause you know, you didn't want some of your net flashing and yeah, hey, look at me, look at me, you know? Um, and I, you know, I try not to be the look at me guy, but I'm certainly willing to, uh, try to share information to help you catch fish. And, you know, um, it's pretty cool. I, I, uh, shared with an old gentleman, older i'm i'm one of them old guys now about four years ago there was a guy up at bonneville and i saw him about every morning launching his boat him and his dog and dog kept barking at me and one morning he walked over and was talking to me about how i was rigging and he was he was fishing like i said earlier you know like the big spin glow he was fishing basically the same thing we were but his leader lengths and everything were just goofy i mean you know we're all fishing 24 to 30 inch behind a spinner and you know 18 to 24 up to our bumper in front of our pro tool and you know he's got leaders like you know like 12 and 6 inches and stuff and you know i i had a extra spinner that was been you know really hot and and i gave it to him and i saw him the next morning and he had actually caught a fish and and he was just ecstatic and i was you know that made my day better than it made his you know so you know how much he learned just from that i that's that type of knowledge going from having, you know, those weird later lengths to just having the, I, I guarantee you, he hung on to that. He probably went home and he cut all of his spinner lengths. He's like, I got to get this right. Because that, I mean, you know, everything from the flasher bumper to the spinner length to the, the amount of lead we're running, the depths, all that, that, that just totally changed his perspective on it just by that one kind thing that you did. Well, and, you know, and, and I don't think I'm very different than, than the average guy, because there's those days that I'm looking around going, my God, what are they doing? They got another one, you know, and I'm dumb enough to sit there with my clients in the boat going, Hey, look, Ralph's got another one. I wonder what he's using, you know, pointing out every, because they're on their phones and not paying attention and I should just let it go, but Hey, look, they got another, you know, trying to keep people excited. And then you start playing the mind games in your head and you're doing everything you did for the week prior and you've limited your boat every day for a week. And then all of a sudden you're not getting bit and you're going in your head. Am I going too slow? Am I going too fast? Is my bait bad? 
Is it, uh, you know, did they, you know, you know, and you start playing these mind games and you just got to, you know, power through that and just tell yourself like, hey, man, you're, you're catching as many as anybody on any given day. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, make a few phone calls. Don't live on your phone. But, you know, hey, you know, I got some pretty good guys I, I pal around with. And Jason, what are you catching them on over there? Well, I got, you know, that last one on a Coast Guard or a Copper Mexican hat. And, mm-hmm. you know, just keep doing what you're doing and your turn's coming up. But everybody gets a turn in that barrel, you know, of, yeah. oh, my God, I'm not getting bit. I'm not getting bit. My bait's bad. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so what what do you got planned here for the future? I mean, um, and, and we'll make sure that people get your contact information at the end of this. But what do you got planned coming around here this next year, Dave? As far as, you know, just keep doing what I do. You know, the, the phone just kind of takes care of itself on the guide trips. I, I don't uh, spend a whole lot of time looking. I'm hooked up through a couple of websites that do pretty well. And then I've, you know, got a pretty good, you know, clientele of repeat business. So from that side, and, and uh, my wife does a phenomenal job of keeping the wheels on the bus here at the, you know, at the shipping and, you know, she knows every aspect of that and reordering when we're low on materials and stuff. And so uh, from that aspect, other than just kind of trying to work on some, you know, we got new products that we're in the midst of getting onto the market. Um, like I said, that little 12 inch is, you know, hasn't even three or four of these things have not even hit you know mainstream and we can't keep them in in stock so you know you you know you start dumping a bunch of money in and it's uh like wow we better order more of those better order more of those and you know so we just keep doing that but uh like the sliding rail thing um i don't know i have to pull it up on my phone but this is a most boats come with a with a slide it with a rail on it that has a slider you know and all of our brackets fit scotty fulby fish on so if your scotty was here pull it off put our bracket on put our extension in and then put your your slider or your your scotty back up here now you've got an extension but there's a fair amount of boats that don't have sliding rail systems on them and we came up with one that looks like it came on the boat. So when, you know, it's, it's rubber coated aluminum secured to the side of the boat works incredibly well. And it, it like I said, the, the biggest thing is it looks like it came on the boat, but function is credible. It, it comes pre-drilled every foot. We don't have it on the website because everything's been custom. We don't sell a four foot chunk because most people want to do their whole boat and I'll show you a video real quick, but you can't tell the difference if this came on a boat or if you added it versus there's some other ones out there that just had, they were just plain raw aluminum. And I didn't want a fishing rod. If if this pencil was a rod, I didn't want to lean, you know, a $400 fishing rod on a a chunk of aluminum. Mm -hmm. You know, I sit there and rub back and forth. So and you know most time these are up around where your hips are and stuff and it's just a more aesthetically pleasing started making the sliders for uh you know to fit various boats but we made that particular rail system oh here's another new product and if you can see that worth 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I want to get one of those for my drift boat. Yeah. We made a tool holder that again, it's, it's on our website, but we've sold out of them twice. I've got yeah. a big pile of getting the, uh, at the machine shop right now. I have a shop, we design it and then we, uh, you know, proof it and make sure it works. And then I have a machine shop that I contract with that build, builds our parts. But uh, here's a uh, aftermarket rail on a 25 foot North River we did two days ago. Wow. North Rivers don't come with sliding rails on them or this, this one didn't. So, you know, we did the whole thing in about three hours flat bar and rubber start to finish oh so you wow. guys do the installs also well i try not to i try to just sell it to you because it is super super easy i mean here's um there's there's the aluminum getting installed <coughs> you know for say a guy like you down in texas i would sell you the rubber the fasteners and the spacers and just tell you to go to your local aluminum yard and buy some quarter by two flat bar and just pre-drill it and countersink it every foot, bolt it on there with the spacer behind it. And, uh, you know, it's not rocket science. Just drill and tap and run some Loctite on the threads, slap the rubber over the top, and you're good to go. So that has pretty much exploded. Um, a week ago, I had 400 feet of rubber on the garage floor, and I have like 12 feet left. We did a couple of North Rivers, and I did my personal little little boat of mine just because, A, I make this stuff. But, um, two, I wanted sliding rails in it. I didn't want to be stuck with where they had that stuff. Um, what else we got going? Well, I, I definitely want to get one of those tool holders. Uh, that, that, that's just Wow. You know, cause I got, I, I'll, I'll usually wear my waiter belt with my scissors and, and, uh, pliers, but you know, just to have that available in a, in a different location, like up by my rower seat or something would be super nice. Yeah, everything's where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Hey Jeff, hand me these, uh, hand me the pliers. They're right where they're supposed to be. Hey, hand me that bait knife. I got to cut herring. You know, it's, it's in the tool holder. Mm -hmm. Um, you know it's kind of like a tackle box for exposed tools you know and you know having a drift boat you know the the guy in the front was using the pliers and next guy in the back had them and now you can't somewhere in between yeah, you got a fish thrashing in the net and you're trying to play musical chairs with the pliers yeah yeah for sure um oh those are i the, the i'm excited to see the new products uh you're gonna be at the sportsman show won't you I will be at the sportsman show. We typically don't get a booth. We typically just, you know, help our, the people that are, you know, helped us all year long. Um, other than, you know, I, I might have some new products there to, to kind of showcase. That'd be the only reason to have a booth. Cause I, I'm not going to go in and, you know, sell products out from underneath, uh, you know, the people that have supported me all year long. Yeah. Um, that's, that's cool. That, that's an awesome policy to have as a business. Well, it's not rocket science. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Exactly. Yes. And I don't know if you've, did you see our blade box yet? I have not. Well, this is, this is another one of those deals. It wasn't my, my, uh, my invention, a guy in the Midwest. And I saw it and said, that fits our, 
product line perfectly. So I partnered with a guy out of the Midwest. Oh man. <laughs> oh, and, I'm sitting over here looking. Uh, I won't, I won't show the brand name, but uh, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got, I, I need that in my life. So it's, we have sold out of them like three different times. Oh, you've got good blades in there too. <laughs> we're uh, we're finally getting caught up. Over People here. say, "Well, I checked your website. I checked. Your, I'm not putting it on my website till I've got them in stock because I don't want to. You order it, then I got your money and you got no product, and then you're blowing up my phone saying, "Hey, I ordered it a week ago." Well, when you see how much labor goes into these boxes, you know. But now I got all my blades in one box. Um. And it's pretty bomb proof. We are, we think we're at the, the caught up point. Mm -hmm. So we'll be uh, putting them back on the website, hopefully in the next week. Awesome. Well, Dave, I hate to cut this one off because this is, I, I love fishing gadgets and everything else, but we are coming up on our hour here. Already? Um, yeah, already. <laughs> it flies. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, so, if people, obviously you have your website um, and that's fishingproducts.com. Or just fishing.com. Fishing.com. Okay. But with an E. Uh, okay. So um, if people want to uh, check out Dave's products, if you want to get yourself some of these jig and leaderboards, definitely anybody out there fishing, these are universal to everybody and, and they're a super awesome product. Um but if people want to just uh, talk to you, anything else, um, where's a good place for people to get in touch with you at, Dave? Yeah, shoot me an email or give me a call on my cell phone. My, my phone number's on the website, you know, and it's just 503-341-8863. I mean, I am, you know, not so important that I can't talk to everybody that calls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good policy. I, I, I love that when I message you, you're like, hey, give me a call. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give Dave a call. That sounds good. Because uh, yeah, that's fine. I, I like that because it's an actual human being on the other side. That that's what works out so well. Um, uh, let's see, John, you got anything else to add before we wrap this up tonight? No, not really, Dave. Just thanks for coming on, man. I I know I didn't ask you a lot of questions, but this is kind of like out of my realm of what I know. But what I do know is that you make handy products and now I've got to see them firsthand and it makes sense, dude, you know, I, as a, a fabricator, right. Um, I really appreciate what you've done with your designs. So Dave, but man, just thanks for taking time out of your evening and coming on and talking with us, Steve. Thanks for having us. You know, we, without guys like you, there is no guys like us. So we appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And thanks again, Dave. I will probably be at that CCA meeting tomorrow. So <laughs> that's one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about was the CCA uh, tonight. But um, of course, we can always talk about that at a later date. Um, but um, Dave, uh, it, it was so awesome to have you on. You're, you're, um, you're a big part of our Pacific Northwest fishing community here, uh, from the products you make to guiding to being an ambassador for the fisheries and uh, just, uh, you know, Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. If you guys Absolutely. need anything, you know where to find me. Absolutely. Right. 
Well, everybody, that's going to wrap up this episode. Make sure that you go check us out on all of the major listening platforms out there. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at workingclassfish at gmail.com, or you can look us up on uh, any one of the social media platforms that we are on. Uh, you'll either talk to myself or you might talk to John. You can always also reach out to us through John's uh, Instagram page, Morris Flyco. Uh, he can always answer questions for you or uh, re relay any messages, or you can reach out to me through mine, uh, PNW Vintage Fishing. So until next time, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you all have a great day. And John, what else do they need to do? Eat your vegetables. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> thank you. You guys take care. <laughs>